We're in a series of lessons on Sunday morning. Uh, we've got this week and then next week. We've actually got a special guest because I'll be out of town. I'll be up in Canada next week uh, preaching. And uh, we've got a special guest. You're going to love him, so don't miss it. He'll be way better than me. He's going to bring the heat, and uh, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, but we're in a series of lessons called Where Miracles Live. And uh, I, I'm the background of my life. Um, uh, I, I was raised as a little kid in a, in, a, in a denominational church that believed miracles passed away. My mom and dad didn't buy into that. Um, they actually saw God work supernatural healing miracles and other kind of miracles in their life as they were kind of kind of more open to God, more open to the things of God, more open to the Holy Spirit, actually began to read the Bible. You know what I mean? Encourage you. If you want to find out what God thinks, read the Bible, number one. Listen to other people, but read the Bible for yourself. And um, so when I was in junior high, high school, my mom and dad started going to church like ours. And and the church believed in miracles and signs and wonders that they didn't pass away like the Bible really clearly says. They didn't, uh, the cessation of miracles didn't pass. There's some people that believe that. I'm not going to argue with anybody, but, you know, it's really interesting. They never get a miracle. <laughs> they believe they passed away and they never get a miracle. And they wonder why they never get a miracle. Well, you don't believe. And so... Come on, how many of y'all believe that I just uh, believers? We believers, I believe. So, so there's just some things you can't figure out. In God's economy, one plus one doesn't equal two. One plus one equals two times something. So it's just, just, just God does stuff that you can't figure out. So I want to encourage you that if it looks whatever you're dealing with right now, like it's not working, it's, it's, it just can't happen. Again, today, I want to encourage you to just believe God, just trust God that he's not done, that he can do something in you, with you, through you, for you, in your circumstances, in your scenario, and he can make a difference, he can make a change. Uh, but, but really, we weren't, uh, didn't want to kind of jump into um, talking about healing miracles, uh, necessarily signs, wonders, and miracles, although I'll read a scripture today that maybe just talks about that a little bit, or portion of it. Uh, but really just talking about where miracles live, that I, I want to try to bring the, the hooky-spooky or the weird or, or the kind of the, the supernatural meaning is way out there, and, and it's kind of, you know, some, somebody starts talking about the supernatural, the eyes get real big, and they kind of, ooh. You know, we, we, God's not weird. Come on, everybody. And I've been to some weird meetings. I've been to weird church, and I don't want weird. I'm done with weird. And we're not weird around here. We're normal. We drink coffee, and we, you know, we, come on, everybody. And, and, and we dress nice, and we dress normal, and we, you know, we got problems in marriages, we got kids, and we got stuff we're dealing with, and mortgages, and, and stress sometimes, we got to trust, all that stuff, we're just normal people. Uh, but we want to talk, and been talking about where miracles live, and we, we talked a couple weeks ago, uh, as we started the series, and we'll kind of just give you just a, a touch on where we've been. Uh, we said, number one, that miracles live in your mouth. Number one, miracles live in your mouth. In other words, what we found from the Word of God is that Jesus said, Jesus, who was God, said, you are required to speak to your mountain. Speak to your impossibility. Speak to your difficulty. Speak to the thing that seems insurmountable like a mountain. And watch me work in your life. We found out James says, if you want to steer your life, if you want to steer the, the life that you live, it's like a, a little rudder in a huge ship. It's like a small bit in a horse's mouth. It will steer the direction of the horse's life or the ship's life with something very small. Not big, not insurmountable, not I can't do that. Change what you say and you begin seeing God's miraculous power working in your life. Uh, last week we talked about that there's miracles in your heart. There's a miracle in your heart. And we used and we talked about the word compassion. That there are at least five he, uh, miracles of healing in Jesus' life where it says he healed someone through and by compassion. 
that compassion in your life stirred to help someone, to bless someone, to follow God, to, 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 to be open to pray, to be open to, to just do whatever God's calling you to do, is an avenue to see the miracle working power of God. But if you never see it, you'll never have a heart to have compassion. So we found out that, that, that we've got to see right. We've got we to gotta have a change of heart, because if I have a change of heart, we'll see something different with our eyes and be able to move uh, in compassion towards other people. Uh, today, I want to kind of follow along the same theme a little bit as we've been going the last several weeks. Uh, our, our third thing we want to talk about today is, is that there's miracles. There, there, there's a miracle in your feet. There's a miracle in your feet. And so, really, if you want to find one word that we're talking about today, it's a real huge word, two letters, called go. Go. That, 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 that God's positioned our life, and we see it all throughout the Bible, that anybody who ever saw a miracle, they had to do something. A lot of times they believed something, but most of the time, and we'll talk about this today, they had to do something. So let's just find out that there's a miracle in your feet. That's not all right, everybody, today? Real, real easy. We're all going to be able to understand this today, but now we're going to have to put some action to it and do it. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 uh, and verse 19, the scenario of the scripture is that this is the first actually recorded message, if we'd say, of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible says, as his custom was, he went to the temple and, 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 it, and the, the guy asked him to read that day. The priest asked him to read today. He opens up the scroll and opens it up to the book of Isaiah. And, and this scripture is the scripture from the book of Isaiah. But what Jesus is doing is that Jesus is actually reading the scripture and is talking about himself talking about himself. And so he was kind of like, this was his coming out party, right? Right here. And look what he says here in, in Luke 4, 18 and 19. He says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, Isaiah wrote this about 500, 600 years prior, but Jesus picks this scripture. This scripture is his time to read and he's writing it and he's declaring, this is me. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. One translation says this, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Come on, somebody say amen right there. That's from the book of Isaiah. So, so he's reading, again, remember when Jesus is reading this, there's no New Testament. There's no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's no Corinthians and Romans like we have in our 66 books of the Bible. He's reading from the Old Testament. And this is exactly what he reads. And he, again, is declaring who he is based on what Isaiah said about the Messiah that was going to come. And, and, and notice again what, what he's saying. He, he, he's given the, the, the marching orders, if you will. He's given the direction for his life that, 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 that God wants to do something with him, with his life called the Messiah, that it wasn't just Jesus coming on, on the scene and ripping open his holy robe with his cool Birkenstock sandals and saying, I am God in the flesh. He, he, he never did that. He never did look at me, see me, uh, you know, uh, venerate me, uplift me. His life came m much contrary. His life came normal guy doing life just like you. We would say normal woman, normal mom. He wasn't a woman, you understand, but normal worker like you guys doing what you're doing. But God had called him to do something unusual with his life. His purpose as God in the flesh was to bring God and the kingdom of God everywhere he went. And if that was Jesus' purpose, listen to me, that's your purpose. That's your purpose. So look on the screen real quick. We'll have some notes for you, and we'll talk about this in just a second, break it down. Each of these points I think are important that Jesus said. So we already said it, but God's spirit and power came on Jesus for a purpose. 
It wasn't to prove his deity. Uh, the, the, the anointing of God, it said the Spirit of God, you know, came on him. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. The anointing on Jesus' life wasn't for himself, wasn't so that he could show off, make himself important, look down his nose at other people. The, 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 the purpose of the anointing of God, the power of God on Jesus' life was one thing. It was all about people. It was all about people. So listen to me. People are attached to your purpose. People are. It's not, I want God in my life, and it's just me and Jesus, I'm going to go to heaven, and let me say it this way, to hell with everybody else, I don't want to get my hands dirty, I don't, I, I don't want to have compassion for anybody, I don't want to see anybody, I don't want to mess with anybody, I don't want to change any stinky diapers, spiritually speaking, I, I don't want to help anybody going through a broken relationship, I don't want to help anybody that's been locked up in prison, I don't want to mess with any, anybody whose kid is, is, is smoking crack right now, because it's just a little bit too messy. That's why you are anointed. Come on, we can clap a little bit better than that, can't we, everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anointed, if you don't know what the word anointed means, let me just kind of give it to you. Anointed just means empowered. That's how, anointed means you're empowered. Somebody said this, the word anointing means the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Come on, say that with me, will you? Burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It's from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 28. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power power of God. Was it just on Jesus? Absolutely it was. It was on Je He said it was. It was. But that same spirit, that same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. So you have been anointed. You have been, come on, Old Testament, the king would be anointed, the prophet would come with oil in a ram's horn and pour it on the next person. That anointing oil would drop down like we saw Samuel did to David in front of everybody. You have been anointed. You have been smeared and rubbed, if you will, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Not so you look around going, I'm anointed. Look at me. I'm anointed. Look at the prophet. I'm anointed. Somebody gave me a word. I'm anointed. I can quote all 66 books of the Bible. You are anointed to help people. Come on, everybody. Let's help some more people up in here. What's that look like? Here's what it looks like. I couldn't sleep yesterday morning, so I got up at 3 o'clock. I get up early, but I got up at 3 o'clock. I'm like, I can't sleep. Uh, and so I said, I'm going to go in my truck, and I'm going to take a drive. But I need a coffee. Come on, somebody. And so, thank God for McDonald's. Not great coffee, but good coffee 24 hours a day. Can I get an Amen. So, so I stopped by McDonald's, and I stopped by McDonald's, and, I, and, and, and there's, this, there, there's, there's this mom. There's a girl. I just start talking to this, this mom in there. I mean, she's, what are you doing? You know, I, I'm talking to people. I'm trying to, I'm trying to open up a door. So I'm talking to her. She's mom, and she's working 9 at night till 5 in the morning. And I said, what are you doing? I said, you got any kids? I got three kids. Oh, Jesus. My husband works days, and I work nights. We're trying to do it. And so I said, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to pray for you. She said, pray for me. Listen, everywhere you go, you're anointed to pray for people. Everywhere you go, you're anointed to touch people. Everywhere you go, you're anointed to bring the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God to help people. A couple days ago, earlier than that, I was at McDonald's. I never go to McDonald's. I don't eat McDonald's personally, but I went to my granddaughter. Come on, I bitch, say granddaughter, man. You got your granddaughter, you got your kids, man. So I went there, and I, we're buying a Happy Meal. And just you go up, and you just say, you just, come on. So you know what? Just something on the inside is you go up, and you pay your first meat, your money right there. And there's a girl. I said, hey, how you doing? What's going on? How's your day? And she says, not a great day. I said, okay, hey, hey, hey. 
What you mean not a great day? What's going on? Oh, I've got some trouble. It's a teenager. Got some trouble with my friends. Got some trouble. Got some trouble at the house. I said, what, what? I said, hang on. I got a word for you. I didn't have a word for her. Come on. Listen, I'm just saying, I didn't have a word for her, but I do know the written word. Come on, everybody. So I said, well, let me tell you something. I said, I said, I believe in Jesus. He said, well, I'm a Christian too. And I said, well, let me tell you something. Come on, I'm in my truck talking to a girl in McDonald's through a window. And I said, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made to God. No, to God. And the peace of God is going to come on you, girl. The peace of God. And she said, I receive that in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. So listen, all I'm just telling you is that you are anointed... You're anointed and empowered to do something. Not just to have the Word of God stored up in your life. Not to have the power of God in your life. That you just need it. you got to let it flow through you. Come on, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, you got to go to activate the power. you got to go to activate the power. you got to go. I wish God had used me. Uh, get going. Get going. Come on, get going. Um... Here's what I just think is kind of, kind of thought-worthy, thought-provoking, is that we're just never empowered to sit. You're never empowered to sit. God, God doesn't anoint you to sit and, and say, you know, I just, I just don't want to do anything. I just don't want to reach anybody. It's just, I'm just, I, listen, all, everybody in the room has got something going on that would probably disqualify you from helping anybody else. I'm too busy. I'm too hurt. I got some issues. And you, everybody's got issues up in here. Come on, everybody. But you're empowered not to sit. You're empower, empowered to go. So, so, so uh, when, the Scripture told us from Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. So, so, so I want to use that, 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 this phrase in a minute, just who around you, who around you. I'm going to talk about just, just a second, who around you. And I'm going to give you some of these things that we read from Jesus, what He said in Luke chapter 4. So, so, so right where you are, when you think about this, right where you are, right where you live, right where you work, right where you hang out, right where you eat, right where you shop, right where you drive, right where you frequent, right where you go, who around you, number one, is spiritually poor with no knowledge of God's love and acceptance? Who around you right now? Who around you? Right there. Workplace, family, who around you right now? Spiritually poor, no knowledge of God's love, think they're past it, think God doesn't care about them, think if they come to church, church going to catch on fire. Who around you? Who is that? Who around you, number two, is brokenhearted relationally or emotionally? So Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. Who around you is brokenhearted relationally or emotionally? Who around you is enslaved or impoverished by addiction or secret sin? Who around you? Who, who, who around you? This is who you are anointed to help. Who around you is blind with no direction or purpose in life? He came to bring restore sight to the blind. Not just physically, but spiritually. So who can't see? Who can't see God? Who can't, who's going around the mountain time after time after time? God's anointed you to help them, to grab them by the hand and get them out of that vicious circle. Who around you has tried everything and is still hopeless and confused? He says they're oppressed, they're downtrodden, they're bruised, they're crushed, they're broken down. Who around you needs to hear God's free grace and God's favor? This is who we are called to reach. We don't have, listen, this is, this is them right there. This isn't some missionary in Thailand. This isn't some outreach in China. This is right up here in Chula Vista, in South San Diego, in East Lake, in Lemon Grove, in National City, wherever you live. These are the people around you that Jesus says, you are anointed. I have empowered you to help all these folks right here. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Peter, Peter is in Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching uh, to, to Cornelius' house. This is, the, this is when the, the gospel first kind of left the Jewish people and went to Gentile people who were non-Jews, which is probably everybody in the room, me included. And Peter's preaching to Cornelius, and he uses this while he's preaching. While he's preaching, he says this, How God anointed, in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So he's saying, I remember what he said there in Luke 4, 18. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. But look at this. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So again, Peter's just simply saying, hey guys, let me tell you, Jesus said it on his first message, and let me tell you all about 10 or 15 laters after the resurrection, let me tell you, Jesus was anointed to heal people, to restore people, to bless people, to help people, and that's why you're anointed too. This isn't good English, but, but just so we understand it, it says Jesus went about doing good. So, so look, look now, you can't do good unless you went about. That's not good English, but that's what it says. It says he went about doing good. He went about doing good. So, so uh, uh, unless you go, unless, uh, unless you go, uh, you, you're never going to do good unless you went. You, you got you, you to do something. We got to do something. Listen, we're just... We, we gotta, we gotta do more. We just gotta do more. We all gotta do more. We all gotta do more. Uh, the latest statistics tell us that the church is losing ground. Not our church, every church is losing ground. Based on the growth rate in communities. So as great as we see, oh, well, you know, people are turning to the Lord, and, and God bless y'all, new people coming to church today, man, we salute you guys, thanks for coming. We hope you hang out with us week after week, because our church is growing, we, we appreciate you being here. Uh, but, but what they say is the church at large, you, you know, about every year, every year, thousands of churches are closing their door. Thousands, thousands, uh, because people are leaving and money's shrinking. Less people are coming to church and less people are giving. And that's not us. Come on, everybody. Say amen. Help, come on. Help a preacher out. Say a better amen. Amen. Uh, uh, and so, so they say the church is losing ground because uh, more people are, are moving into bigger communities and, and bigger uh, suburbs and uh, big communities, and they're growing, but they're not keeping pace. The church isn't keeping pace with the, with, with the growth rate. And so let me encourage you. What, what, how, what will make a change? What will make a difference? I'll tell you what will make a difference. When you and I realize that we're anointed by God to make a difference in every person's life that we come in contact with. That we don't have to wonder, we don't have to pray, we don't have to, should I do anything? Uh, th- th- there's a miracle, there's a miracle in my feet right now. There's a miracle in my feet if I'll just put my feet to action and just go and get out of my comfort zone and leave my little nest and, and do whatever God's called me to do, I'm going to start seeing God work miracles in other people. Amen, everybody? I believe that. I really do. Hey, there's a, there's a Christian comedian. Some of y'all know him well. Uh, his name is John Chris. I'm going to show you a little clip from him. Uh, this guy is hilarious. If you don't follow this Christian comedian, follow him, because I think he's got something to say about kind of where we're going today. So light's going to come down. Watch this video here for just a second. Okay, ways to say no. There are a bunch of them. No thanks. I'm good. I'll pass. One of my personal favorites. For sure, no. I don't know if you knew this or not, but when you got saved, you got eternal life, forgiveness of sins, and access to a whole long list of ways to say no that'll make you sound like way more spiritual of a person than you actually are. I don't think it's God's will. It's just not his timing. I'm feeling led in a different direction. Let me talk to my pastor about that. It's a closed door. I'm waiting on the Lord right now. I just don't feel peace about it right now. God has a different assignment for me. I just didn't feel prompted. I just don't feel like that's something that Jesus would do. But I just feel like I'm not in that season anymore. Can you help me move this weekend? But normally I would, but I just feel 
feel like God is just telling me to rest right now? I just got a sense that it didn't line up. Right now I'm in a season of new wineskins. What does that even mean? I just feel like right now I'm in a season of creating margin and I just don't have the bandwidth. Are you even speaking English right now? I was just asking if you wanted to get a pizza. Prompting. How many times have I told you about the prompting? I'm not feeling the prompting. I don't know. I'm just not really feeling the spirits leading on this one. Mm, you know what? I'm not sure. Let me lay out a fleece on that one. Okay, I don't think anyone says that. And of course, everybody's all-time favorite, let me pray about it. Come on, everybody. Come on. Listen, are you that person? Come on, are you that person? I I've been there before, but are you that person? Let me pray. I'm just not feeling led. Listen, let me say this to you. Don't say no. Just go. Just go. Don't say no. The more times you pass up an opportunity for doing something God's asking you to do, and God asks us and leads us in ways that aren't comfortable. He puts us and positions us so that we'll have to trust Him and stretch our faith to see miracles in our life. Come on, everybody. Mark 16, you know, at the last book of the Bible, last book of Mark, that's actually when Jesus was uh, resurrected. He spent about 40 days hanging out with his disciples. Acts says he was showing them infallible proofs and convincing demonstrations on questionable evidences about who he was. Well, right before he ascended, you know, he was resurrected, but the ascension means he left earth and went to heaven. Right before he did that, the last thing he told his disciples was in Mark chapter 16, 15, I'll read verse 20. He said this, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Notice that. Go into all the world, preach the good news. Verse 20 says this, and the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Now, now what's amazing about this is we read that and we, and, and, and we kind of go, all right, man, they did it. But, but, but when you read the book of Acts, listen to me, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They stayed in Jerusalem. They, uh, until Acts chapter 8, when there was a great persecution and Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ, and that was the first time anybody left Jerusalem. So persecution actually got the church moving. So maybe when you're looking at your life thinking, I wish everything had calmed down. I wish, I, I wish everything was just kind of calm waters and still waters. Maybe what God's saying is I'm, I'm muddying the water. I'm stirring up the water so you will get moving. Hmm. Uh, really, what we find out is that these guys were what I call, they were in that Christian holy huddle, just, just kind of doing what they call, what, what they believe God called them to do, just, just within themselves. And, and what I like to call this, forgive me for the term, but I, I call this incestuous Christianity. It's all just about us. It's all just about feel good. It's all about just pray for me and, and, and our Christianese. And we got a little Christian club that we all... L listen, God's not called us just to be safe. God's called us to take risks and do something amazing for Jesus Christ. To, to just get messy and, and help all kinds of people that, that are just going through, going through all, all kinds of things. So again, as you go, what we find is you go... He works. The disciples went everywhere, and the Lord worked through them. There's no working through your life unless you go. The miracle, it's really, it's really in your feet. 
Uh, let me just talk to you real quick, just for a second here. You, you work, I really see it two things. You, you work by doing what you're designed to do. You work by doing what you're designed to do. That's your grace, your talent, your ability. That, that's what we talk about growth track. You know, at the second service, we always have growth track over here in the green room because we want you to know God, we want you to find freedom, we want you to discover your purpose and make a difference because there's power in your serving. So, so you, you, you make a difference and, and you work by doing uh, your grace, your gift, your talent, your ability, whatever you're uniquely designed for. But also, you work by reaching your family, your friends, your coworkers. You reach by having that element in your life. It's not just one or the other. It, it, it's both. So everywhere you go, you've got to constantly be looking at, number one, who needs what I've got? Who, who can I encourage? Lord? And just open door. It can be in McDonald's. It can be wherever you're going. Just to say, Lord, I, I'm here in my feet. I'm going. I want to help somebody get free. I, I want to pour water on somebody. I want to plant seed with somebody. I want to see a miracle happen in somebody, somebody else's life. I believe everybody, I, can't, I don't believe anybody is not. I believe everybody is designed by God to, to, to connect with other people and to make a difference in their life. I, I just believe it. I believe, come on, I believe in spiritual networking. Come on, don't you really? Come on, we're all here because somebody somewhere shared good news with us. Somebody helped us in our journey. Somebody laid down their life and prayed with us, and, and, and not just once, but many, many times. And so, so I want to encourage you. It's not, it's not one or the other. It's not, it's not just God and me, and it's not just me reaching out to somebody else. It's not some Christian holy huddle, just God and me, and or it's just everybody in the community and hang out in the community, and we wind up just being a community organization. That's not what God's called us to do. God's called us to be the church of Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen? James 2, 18. Look at it real quick. Let me get on the screen. The message translation. I love this translation. Check it out. James says, I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I'll handle the works department. Not so fast, he says. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Check this out. Faith and works Works and faith fit together, hand and glove. <laughs> works and faith, faith and works. So it's, just, it's, just, it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. Me and Jesus. Me and Jesus. We got me, me and Jesus, my small group. Me, me and Jesus, my small group. Don't, don't, don't come in my small group. Don't, don't nobody mess up our little group. Come on, somebody. Or it's just outside. It's just outside. I ain't got time for church. And churches, church people kind of hurt you a little bit. And they kind of mess you up. So I'm just going to kind of help the community out here. No, no. It's faith and works. It's I've got to have both these things working in my life. So James is saying your faith needs an outlet. It needs to have some kind of corresponding action. And the corresponding action is always going to have people attached to it. So what we know is that the faith, your faith, or we could say true faith, has to be vertical towards God and horizontal towards others. It's got to be. It's not just you and God. It's not just me and God. That's the vertical. That has to happen so that you can experience new life. But it's got to be horizontal, reaching out to other people, uh, other people as well. Um, Jesus said it so plainly. I mean, we know when we read the, read the story of Jesus, we read the, 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 the declarations of him that these, these disciples wrote down Jesus said, I think it's Luke actually wrote this down. It says, Jesus said this, I didn't come to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Look, look, look. Now, if anybody should, could have said, I came, I came to be, y'all serve me. I'm God. But he didn't do it. 
He laid aside all that. So, so uh, again, we've we, we got to think like this. I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give. Oh, no, to give, to give, to give. To give what? To give what you got. I'm not asking you to give what you don't got. Give away your grace. Come on, give away some of your time. Give away the movement of your feet to help people who need what you've got. Look for those opportunities. Give it away. Give away my life, is what he says, as a ransom for many. We know it again. Back what he said, what, what Acts chapter 10 says, that Jesus was anointed. He was anointed. He was empowered. He went about doing good. That's what we just read. So, so, so listen to me. I, I'm, I'm concerned... I'm concerned for all of our lives that, that, that we're waiting for other people to do what God's called us to do. And so we're waiting. I wish somebody and, and that. And God's asking you. God's asking me. Don't wait for anybody else. Step up. Come on, baby. Step up. Step up. So again, your faith in Jesus has to equal movement in your feet. My faith with Jesus, if i got faith in God, if i got faith in the Word, if He's changed me, if He's delivered me, I've got to be going about doing good. Well, I don't have time. I'm a mom. I don't have time. I'm a dad. Listen, what you've got and the time you've got, you've got to figure out. You've got to figure that out. Because here's the scary part. There's going to come a day when we all die. And the Bible says you and I are all going to have to give an account to God what we did with our life. And I'm too busy. And it's like, it's like the parable that Jesus told us about the guy that he said, I, I can't come, I can't come because I just got married and I can't come to the party. And, and I can't come, he says, because I, I, bought, I bought some oxen. And, you know, I, I bought a new car, I got to check it out. I can't come, I can't work, I can't get involved. I'm just too busy. Everybody, we got to have faith toward God and we got to have faith toward other people. We got to reach out, it's got to be horizontal and it's got to be vertical. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, we've gone back, I, we read a little bit about it last week, I think it was the week before, a couple of different times here in the last month at least, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. It's found in Luke chapter 10, phenomenal story that Jesus tells this parable. And, and, and the dialogue, how it starts, is that this, this uh, a Jewish lawyer actually comes to Jesus and he says, you know, how can I have eternal life? And Jesus summarized it, Jesus, I summarize it this way, Jesus says, love the Lord your God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, here it is, vertical. Love others, horizontal. Not either or, both. And then the guy <laughs> kind of bristled up a little bit and he said, uh, what do you mean by my neighbor? What do you mean by my neighbor? And so then Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. And if you don't know it, I don't want to take time to read it, but there's a guy <laughs> walking along the road at night, probably gets whooped up, gets beat up, left to, left to die. Stripped naked, you know, beat up, tore his clothes off, took all his money, took his iPhone. Come on, they went away. And the Bible says this. Jesus telling a story. A priest goes by. The priest, the holy guy, who's loving God. God, God knows, knows the Bible, teaching people. The Bible says he goes by, sees him, walks on the other side of the street and goes. A little while later, a church worker, a deacon, an elder, Levite that says, same thing, comes up a little bit late, sees him, doesn't go to him, walks on the other side of the street and goes. Then a guy, it's called a Samaritan, who has no relationship with the guy, whose nationalities are at odd, <laughs> they're fighting, infighting, who sees him, the Bible says, goes to him, 
picks him up, puts him on his animal, takes him to an inn, pays the innkeeper, uh, bandages him with oil and wine, symbolic of the Holy Spirit power working in his life to help somebody. That's the symbolism. Gives the guy some money to take care of him. Says, if that's enough money, I'll come by later and pay. Long-term commitment. Going to work this guy, in this guy's life. Healing. Restoration. Not a one and done. I'm going to be here for a while. Uh, man. And, and at the end of the story, Jesus asks the guy and says, who, who, who showed mercy? Who showed mercy? And the guy said, the guy who helped. And then Jesus said, this is how you neighbor. Anybody hurting? Anybody broken? Anybody bruised, crushed down, beaten down by calamity? Luke 4. Anybody downtrodden? Anybody blind? Can't see. Directionless. Anybody hurting? Anybody confused? Anybody neglected? Anybody? Anybody? Man, woman, boy, girl, black, white, Asian, <laughs> Hispanic, who cares? Anybody hurting? I'm going to help. I can help. If I can't do everything, I'm, I can grab your hand. I can grab somebody else's hand. I can help. It's interesting. Good Samaritan didn't bring him to his house. He brought him to an inn. So he knew where to take him. Uh, this, is, this is what the church is supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be. If I'm going to see a miracle in anybody's life, uh, I, I've got to be like this. Let me say it this way. There's no miracle. There's no miracle staying on your side of the road. There's no miracle. There's no miracle in you not getting messy. And you don't got to go far. Like I said, you don't got to go far. You got to go across the road. <laughs> got to go across the office. I got to. I got to go to McDonald's and go. Whoo! She, she said it. Now I'm gonna help you. Everywhere you go. Um, some of y'all know the story, Old Testament story, uh, Joshua chapter 6. Don't turn them, let me just talk to you real quick. Uh, Joshua gets the word, God tells him, hey, h- how those walls are going to come down? The walls of Jericho fell down. Here's, here's how they're going to fall down. Uh, once a day, for six days, march once around the walls. Seventh day, march seven times around. Don't say nothing, just shout to God. And the Bible says, whether you believe it or not, I believe it, all those walls came down. But here's the thought. There's no miracle, there's no miracle, unless you march. There's no miracle. No miracle. I don't see walls come down unless I march. Ten lepers come to Jesus one time, far off. They cry out, Son of David, have mercy on us. Heal us, Son of David. Jesus says this, Go show yourself to the priests. And it says this, As they went, they were cleansed. The miracle was in their feet. I wish God would do something in my life. Get moving. Get moving. Get moving what? The grace on your life, the talent in your life. The ability in your life. Let it have an outlet. And let God use you to help people, bringing them to know who he is. Again, plant the seed or, or water the seed. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how when you read the Bible, I, I read it. I try to put myself in it. I, again, I try to read the Bible slow, you know, and I just try to put myself in the story. What's everybody thinking? I try to look at all the different people that are there. What are they thinking? Who's saying this? Who, who's, who, who's talking here? And all those different dynamics. And, and uh, the Bible talks about this many times, but on one occasion, Jesus got up real early to go pray. He did all the time. Uh, but he got up real early to go pray, and, and uh, the disciples found him. They went out searching for him, wondering where he was, right? And, and they came to Jesus, and Mark records this 
uh, them saying, everybody's looking for you. Everybody's looking for you. And uh, it's really interesting. Here's what the Passions Bible says about this after they, Jesus heard this in Mark 138. Jesus said, we have to go on to the surrounding villages uh, that I can give my message to the people there. For that is my mission. I got to keep going. Got to keep going. Uh, what I read in between this is that the crowds wanted Jesus to stay right there. I want, I want you right here. We want you for you. Come on. Everybody's getting healed. The, the word's amazing. Come on. You're, you're multiplying fish and loaves. We, we, got, we got fish tacos every day. Come on, somebody. I, I'd hang around for that. But Jesus said, I, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got I to go to other cities. So here's what I know that you're going to have to fight. If it's not in yourself, it's with other people around you. Is that most people around you want you to stay the same. So you get to fight that. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to change. I'm going to grow. I'm going to expand. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get involved in church. I'm going to serve. Uh, so here's what I know based on the scriptures is that the more, the, the, the more you move, the more you're going to see. The more you move, the more you're going to see. The more you move, the more miracles you're going to see. The, the miracle... The miracles in your feet. The mission of Jesus was to keep moving, going from city to city to city. I'm not telling you to move houses. I'm not telling you to move jobs. I'm just saying in your mind, I've got to keep moving. I, got to, I can't stay the same. I've got, got to keep moving. I've got to keep moving. I read this this past week uh, that I love the quote. It said this. Somebody wrote and said this. Comfort zones don't keep your life safe. They keep your life small. I'm trying to be comfortable. Just get comfortable. Just, 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 just get comfortable. I don't be stretched. I don't want, don't, don't want to have any pressure. Oh, wait, wait. You want me to serve at church, but I got to come at 8:50 for huddle? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we do around here. That's what we do. And all these people are happy. It's amazing. A bunch of happy people on the dream team. It's crazy. You, you mean? I mean, you want me to do? You want outreach? And eh, you know, a little messy. No, no, no. That's it. No. So just stay comfortable. Just stay comfortable, and your life is going to be small. Your life is going to be small. You think it's going to be safe? But, but it's going to be small. John, who, John the Apostle with Jesus, he was exiled to the Patmos Island. He had the book, of, you know, he wrote the book of Revelation. We have the last book of the Bible. It's about the vision of Jesus and, and revelation of who Jesus is, last days and all that. Well, while, while he's there, chapter 2 and chapter 3 talks about these seven churches. And they were real churches in John's life, right, when he was alive. Church of Smyrna, Thyatira, Ephesus, all those Philadelphia and he writes uh, different words that God, Jesus, gave him for all those seven churches. But he writes uh, to each of those seven churches three of the very same things. And one of those three same th things was this, I know your works. He said it to every church. I know your works. I know your works. So, so, so that means that God believes and thinks that every person who makes Jesus the Lord of your life, you need to have a work that you do. A work that you do. What's the work you're calling me to do? So glad you asked. Twofold. Use your gift, talent, ability. Get your feet moving in the gift, talent, ability that God's anointed you to. Discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. And then make a difference using what God's called you to do, number one. And then number two, use your life to reach out to other people who need Jesus. Broken down. Luke 4. Broken down. Hurting. Confused. Crushed. Crushed. Can't see. Life's messed them up. That's 
the people that God has called us to reach. Uh, we have all kinds of opportunities in church. Our church is growing. Uh, we got we got Spectrum Kids needs you to help serve and just raise up kids that love Jesus. We we got we got needs back in the sound booth. We got cameras that we bought, and we want to put our, our messages on video and, and messages on Vimeo and YouTube and on the website. And if you can help us run a camera, do editing, we social media, uh, all kinds of we got all kinds of opportunity. We we've got myriads of stuff that you can do that you can do but then all of us all of us need to also on the other hand be just like these four crazy friends who had a paralyzed guy in mark chapter two can't get to jesus and so they try to get him in the house they can't get they went up on the roof and they broke open the roof we're just not stopping we're not stopping our friends our friend needs jesus come on everybody and 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 then they got him to jesus and they saw a miracle they saw a miracle. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you ever carried somebody. I mean, I only got four guys, so four guys are lessening the weight load of the guy. But, but how long they took to carry him, we don't know. Maybe it was miles. We don't know. How far will you go to reach people? How far will you let your feet move to reach people? Will you text somebody? Will you call somebody? Will you include somebody? Will you bring somebody? Will, will you pray for somebody? Will you just let your life be used to see God work a miracle. I wish God would do more miracles. I've got to move my feet. That's why we have invite cards in your seats every Sunday. Take those invite cards. Uh, this past week, um, uh, I don't see him. I don't know if he's here or I don't think. Uh, this past week, had a meeting down here at Starbucks because all good things happen when you drink coffee. And uh, we're meeting with a couple that's new to the church. And while we're there, this is what happens. I don't know what happens to you, but this is what happens to me all the time. While I'm talking, we're talking Jesus, and we're not, come on, we're not talking Jesus like, come on, we're talking loud, Jesus. Come on, if you're going to talk Jesus, talk loud. If you're going to pray, talk and just say, hey, we're going to pray over here. Just bow your, come on, you know, just, just pray loud. Don't be offensive, just pray loud. You know, and so, so this guy, this guy, we're sitting down here and this guy's over here on these little chairs and he keeps looking over at me, keeps looking over at me, keeps looking over at me. I'm going, okay, we got a live one here. Come on, got a live one. Keep looking over me. Got a live one here, right? And so he says, he says, he says, y'all Christians? Well, of course we are, man. You know, so he starts talking. He says, man, I got electrocuted. Man, I died. I went and saw the bright light and, and, and all that. So he started to tell a story. And so I'm just listening to him. I'm listening to him. I love my wife. I love my wife. And so we're listening to him. And Kimberly just goes, like, hey, do you know Jesus? <laughs> Who is this woman right here? Dear God. She was just all up in his face, Francisco. And he says, well, no, I don't know, you know, rules and regulations and all that stuff. And then the person that we, that we were with was bilingual, and Francisco uh, was bilingual. And so she starts ripping off him in Spanish, and she, she, she's preaching in Spanish. I'm going, go, girl, just go. I don't know what you're saying, but taco, burrito, go get them, baby, get them, get them. And, 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 and he says, okay, 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 okay. And he says, I, I, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to come to church. Because he's right down here, and, he, and, and he's, he takes his wife right down the road to work. I'm going to come to church. And I'm just going, God, I want my life, everywhere I go, to be just like that. Everywhere I go. I want to have my faith towards God. I'm going to be vertical. But I want to be horizontal. Because I believe God wants to work a miracle in that guy's life. The miracle of a new birth. The miracle of being right with God. The miracle of healing, the miracle of restoration, whatever it is, nothing's going to happen if I play it safe. 
Nothing's going to happen if it's to myself. Nothing's going to happen if I don't take an invite card. Nothing, I'm not going to give God any opportunity. So come on, how many of y'all ready to make a little better difference and a bigger difference right here in Chula Vista? Anybody? Amen? Come on, let's clap like we mean it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Would you do that? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you today that the miracle's in our feet. So we just ask you today that as we stir ourselves up, we're not going to play it safe any longer. We have faith towards you. We have faith in you, oh God, but we're going to have a relationship and reaching out towards other people. So we're going to look for who around us is hurting, spiritually poor and broken down, enslaved or imprisoned, addiction, trouble, hopeless, confused. Who needs your grace? Who needs your favor? We're not going to say no. We're going to go. The miracle, the miracle is in our feet. It's in our feet. We're not empowered with the Spirit of God. We're not empowered with your strength or your word just to sit. So, so we're not going to stay on our side of the road. We're not going to stay. Come on, while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, no one moving around. Come on, give everyone the right to privacy. What we do at the end of every service is we give anyone an opportunity to what we say and what the Word of God teaches us is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. What that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you have to have your act together to come to God.